Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of January 30th. Last week of January, we're inching closer to golf season in northern Michigan. <laughs> As it's like negative a million outside right now. Oh, it is so cold. Um, we are pre- presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Busy episode this week. So much has just happened in the world of golf. T-Gate on the range between Rory and Reed turned into a fantastic Sunday duel in the desert. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit. Update you on the the Bahamas swing now has closed up for the Corn Ferry. We'll recap their last event. Update you on they are headed to Panama uh, and Bogota now. So uh, a fun stretch on the Corn Ferry tour schedule. Phil Mickelson, Hunter, is tweeting again and... He's funny again. At least I thought it was pretty funny. I'm not sure you agree. Uh, they got to touch on maybe the biggest story in golf, which is Sam Ryder's outfit on Sunday. Not his mom's interview or his play through 63 holes, but his pants. Uh, and, of course, we're headed to Pebble Beach for the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am to get your full preview and picks for that one for the PGA tour. But first, Hunter, your boy. You want to stump for your boy? Floor is yours. He now takes down Tory Pines, the California specialist. Max Homa uh, gets his sixth PGA tour victory. What the rise continues. How high will he go? Yeah. I mean, this is it's really obviously I'm a, I'm a very big Max Homa fan, but this is just it's very uh it's just very cool to see. I mean this is this is uh from where he was even we'll even say three years ago has just been I mean absolutely uh sensational to see him go from where he was to where he is now. I mean that that post round interview he gave to it's Amanda, right? Bellionis mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. was so perfect in every sense of the way. Like he is he is so down to earth and he he just gets it. For what you, for what golf needs, he couldn't be more perfect. Like he, he really couldn't. I and I'm, I'm so happy for him. You have such a man crush on him. Mm, I think I, I think you I, and everybody. I think I, think really. I do just because I, I see like I see what he brings to to golf. And He's like, so good for golf. Like what he the the number of of people that probably. I don't want to say like they saw his tweets and then they started watching golf because of him, but there has to be a percentage of people that 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 was the case because you knew. I think there's people who are definitely tuning in to watch him specifically. Yeah, I actually found myself musing at, at this is probably the single non elite and he's close to elite. Can we have that conversation in golf like they have in football with quarterbacks? Yeah, I know. But on. like if he's top 25 in the world, for example, I would say he's he may be the only player outside the top 10 in the world who has the power to hurt the PGA Tour badly by joining Liv. And I don't know if his star is quite that bright, but he'd be the kind of guy that would sh- could potentially change the fortunes of of Liv. He would probably be the guy that I would be trying hardest to get outside of the guys who are truly the best, you know, players in the world. Like Rory just won again. 
Rom, you know, was in contention again. Guys like that. Well, who go without saying. Yeah. That's how just how big of a star he is. And they've he's he's mentioned it before and he's alluded to it that that he didn't I'm trying to think of how he phrased it because he was he was like he was awesome in college. He won he won the national championship individual and then I think he just got on tour and didn't feel like he belonged in like a in a weird sense. But like, and then that just goes to show how like how uh golf works that you can go from that quickly going from thinking that you don't belong and having having second guesses and then bada bing bada boom we six wins later in in four years and yeah and look at his look at his age and take us through his you were going to tell us about i think it was his 2018 season but i mean golf is so much different from other sports i feel like even other individual sports most other individual sports your achievements come earlier in your career mm-hmm He's whether you're skiing or playing tennis or uh, you have to capitalize on on years when your body is at its peak. It's not necessarily the case in golf. So a, a guy's mature and peak much later. And it sort of it gives you like makes golf a more beautiful sport. Yeah. So I, I will quickly. Uh, this is the 2016, 2017 season. Uh he played in 17 events. He made two cuts. He made $18,000 and or $18,000. He earned three total points all season. He broke 73 times in 17 events. <laughs> so he almost assuredly lost money because he surely had to spend more than 18 grand minus whatever he was getting from his mm-hmm. not taking into consideration any sponsorships he had, but. That's about as brutal. I imagine his three total points. You can't be too, too, you know, too far from last. Yes, that is. Uh, he got one point. And then he went. That is that the year that he went to the Corn Ferry Tour Finals. Yes. And did something crazy like birding his last final four holes. Yep. Yeah. To get in on the, to to get inside the top twenty five to get his tour card back and you know even from there it was middling results. Yeah. Until this most recent kind of climb, which has been, I guess, two two-ish years. Yeah, and I will say, um, obviously, hasn't had a ton of opportunities in the majors, but at some point here, I do need to see him play some really solid golf for these four majors because I think he has one top fifteen and twelve majors is the stat, um, which obviously could be improved upon. So that that is my one the one thing that just needs that's kind of the next step in the evolution of of Max Homa is is taking this success at, at what I would consider um, maybe not this week but um, some of his past past wins have been against fairly strong fields. I just need to see him do it in the majors now. Well, we've got a U.S. Open at LA Country Club this year. Yeah, which I can imagine that. So I'm I'm glad in. I have the future on the PGA Championship for him. I don't imagine the number I have will be will ever get any be any longer, but I wish I had one for that one. Because that feels like it might be the better fit based on this four, four out of six victories coming in California and the other two coming at the same event, the Wells Fargo. Max Home is thirty two, by the way. He's born born in nineteen ninety. Yeah, which... not often you see a, a 
tennis player, you know, get to his maybe like a Marty Fish or something like that, who is a little bit on the tail end of his career, kind of recommitted himself. But just love that about golf. It's curious love that to see. about golf. You got the Tom Kim on one hand, you've got the Max Homa on the other, equal in their stardom and more than 10 years apart in age. Yeah. It'll be, um, shoot, what was it? Just how many years he has. I mean, you think he has eight, eight, I mean, even more than that. We could say, we could say 12 good years where before they're even really thinking about being too old, 44. But I he, think, yeah, probably he, 40. He has a 40. Very, you start worrying that maybe you're, even though I saw some old guys on the board at Tory, which is not a place for you. I mean, experience definitely helps there. Reco Media getting a playoff there in a U.S. Open, but he just has Jimmy a, Walker had a great week. He did. He has a very fluid swing. So I, I it's like, as far as, as, as withstanding the test of time, that swing feels like it, it can. There's not many moving yeah, pieces. Yeah, I actually watched pieces. him. You, you mentioned his college career. I remember watching him play an NCAA championship at Riviera. I've probably mentioned that before on this podcast, but he was in the group in front of my brother. I'm going out there in February to play too, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be awesome, but that's what I hear. He was, he's, he's come so far from where he was. And I do think it's interesting. He does, as you try to sort of profile Homa, each of his last two victories, or excuse me, two of his last three victories, pardon, Keegan Bradley's finished second place. Hunter will laugh at that. But I really think like they're so good, T to green, and then Max just makes a couple putts like that putt, that birdie he made on 16. I can't tell you, as a guy who's played, been around Tory a handful of times, and I know they were talking about it on the broadcast. I don't think anybody had made birdie, or maybe one other guy had made birdie up to that point. The hole's brutally hard. And I know all those haters were out again about Tory saying it's unimaginative and you hit the same shots over and over again. We talked about it. You have to be good with your longer irons. Long approaches are the key to Tory Pines. And that's exactly what Keegan Bradley does well. You can get, you can do really what you're going to, a driver helps as well. Well, the Max Homa, you have to be so good tee to green to win it, Tory. And that birdie on 16, that left or right breaking putt after hitting a cut into that hole, which is that hole does not fit a cut, especially to a back left pin. That's just like a, I'm going to see if I can win this tournament with one perfect shot right here. And I'm, and he pulled it off. So, yeah, so you can say it's unimaginative or whatever, but if you can hit that many good long shots on over and over and over again, like he did, hit another really good second on 18, that went right over the flag, he just juiced it. That was a seven wood, which is hilarious that he carries a seven wood. Apparently those are cool now. Yeah, those are so Max really Homa, cool. the coolest person in golf, plays, hits a seven wood, guys. Um. But just the ball striking is phenomenal. So that's the place to continue to look out for him. Shame on me for missing. I went into Sunday thinking, well, there's, there's no way this can go badly. I had Rom, Finau, and Sungjae all at 20 to 1 or longer. I had Hideki at 45, who started chart. Oh, what a front nine he played on Sunday. Oh, that Sunday. was awesome. Yeah, he was playing really good. So thankfully, before Rom went down his leg, I got out of I got out of that investment and moved moved my chips over to Homa because I think it was apparent even early on that Ryder if should Ryder stumble 
Max was going to be the one there to pick up the pieces, unless Colin got in the mix. But it's too bad because I actually waited. I had ten bucks in my account. I tossed it on John Rom the second he made that double bogey putt. And I was like, because that was like a ten footer, and I was like, okay, if he makes this, maybe we can oh, see a no. little bit of hope out of him. But he like he he very quickly unraveled back into like what I would consider the the old John Rom. The angry Rom. He just looked pissed at everybody. There wasn't a single person that could have made him <laughs> smile that day. And it, yeah, just, it no, just all started I... really early, and and that's because I want I wanted I didn't think it really mattered that that it was a the two shot swing on the first hole between him and Ryder. I was like he'll he'll calm down at at some point. He just never never looked like he was comfortable, especially. And then given the fact how well he's been playing, it was just very strange to. And he just ran out of steam. Yeah, like that's just... why we talked about it last week. Three in a row. Or three out, or is it would have been a three in a row? Three in a row is really hard. Yeah, two in a row is uncommon. Three in a row is like Tiger Woods. So it was set up there for him going to Tory, and he was there in the mix. I got a lesson and kept when to cash out a winning ticket this weekend between my Bengals Super Bowl future and my John Rahm investments because they were both DraftKings was being. I will say fairly generous in trying to uh, convince me to let go of those positions. And I thought they're being too generous. I must need to hold these for some reason. Thankfully I got out of the ROM in time, but not so with the Bengals. I mean, you could always, I hedged that just to make sure I wouldn't lose, but. Kansas City again. All right, story of the weekend. Other than, well, there's so many. But can we talk, and then while we're on the subject of Tory, the jogger thing, Ryder and his joggers got a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, I think if From we, Phil if, Mickelson, John Daly. Yeah, so I'll read some tweets here, but I, I have a few thoughts on it. I think if we were doing this podcast five years ago, I was I was probably much more of like a a... a golf hardo five years ago now I, I could care less i really i truly as, as long as you're not wearing denim i don't really care what you're wearing i it does not denim's next <laughs> that would be wild <laughs> we, i would joggers I, is a slippery I, slope on our way to i denim. would really have to put my foot down if we started wearing denim but i just don't i don't get the i really don't get the complaint it, and the people that are complaining are the same people that just that clearly just don't want to see golf succeed because if we're, if I don't we're, get that. I don't get. Yeah. If yeah. we, if we I don't, see what you mean. if we, if we are like outcasting these guys that are trying to wear things that that the next generation of of golfers is going to wear, it's just it's just a simple fact. Those are the guys that like you. They say they want to help the game and they they love the game of golf. Well, if you love the game of golf, then let the guys wear what they want to wear. I really. So are you in on shorts then? I I could care. I really could care less, Peter. I, Shorts but, are weird. But, I, don't, I don't want to see another man's legs. I I, I don't understand that. What, what, what does that mean? <laughs> he's, he's I just think shorts when you watch like college events. It's like, hmm, <laughs> see it on TV. I don't know if it's because we're used to pants. Oh, well, 100%. You, like, that's not right. And I don't even care so much about the joggers. I don't particularly think that it looks better, I guess, is what I would say. Like, I, I don't, I prefer a traditional pant 
even if it's you know but your pants are tapered at the bottom it's not like you're wearing like yes. like moon bottoms like you no, are no, no. you are, are wearing tapered so it's like the exact same thing only difference is his joggers those grayson joggers they have a cinch have are very like high up compared to like i've i've started to wear quite a few pair of joggers that are like you really it's like tapered right at the below the ankle where these are these were showing a little bit of ankle which whatever <laughs> <laughs> and i i do think the shorts thing peter is, is a lot to do with the fact that like if since they can't wear shorts their legs look white as the snow if they just started wearing shorts a little bit more they would look a lot more normal I don't know. Even in the practice rounds and stuff, I think I, there's some. I have a mental block on the shorts. Let's just keep it in the jogger territory and not go to the shorts. I've I'm okay with the joggers. I'm cool with the hoodies. You know, like I, it's all good, but no shorts, please. That's all I ask. So this is what Phil Mickelson said regarding the joggers. The tour. He he gave the little emoji with the the guy questioning. Having had, he looks like he's got a, a question to ask. And the, the tour doesn't allow shorts, but does allow this week's Lear to wear joggers with ankle socks, showing four inches of ankle. I'm no fashion guy, never will be, but there are some things I won't ever understand. And then somebody, somebody tweeted to him, how about you worry about playing these three-day captain's choice tournaments and leave the real golf to the PGA? And he responded, I agree. Already won 45 of these PGA thingies. They were pretty easy. Captain Choice tournaments, live events are much tougher with stronger fields. I haven't even won one yet. <laughs> and then okay. one, one more tweet from, this is from John Daly, the guy that wears loudmouth branding clothing. So take this with a grain of salt. Men look good in joggers, period, period, period. Said no one ever. You wear loudmouth. I don't. I don't really know what to say about about that, because loudmouth is one of the most is one of the most. If you wear loudmouth clothing, I judge you. I will judge you, unless you're shooting like far under par. So I guess I should get rid of all my loudmouth clothes, or at least not wear them when I play golf with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking of the guy that wears loudmouth. I have a very like very good picture. I think there's two guys. There's either like the really rich guy or <laughs> or like the guy the, like the kind of like the white trash guys those are my two those are my two loudmouth guys and i apologize for anybody actually i don't apologize if you were if you, if I found anybody because <laughs> it's terrible well and if you don't know it's just like really bright colors and a lot of patterns i guess but how would you describe loudmouth that's exactly how i mean that's that's pretty accurate yeah. and i i don't mind patterns it's the color and the patterns together that that kills me do you yourself do you wear joggers on the golf course though mm, i have i have a few and how did it feel Feels did you did the grass touch your ankles like no like, like the grass was touching sam Ryder's bare ankles over the weekend and like i said my joggers aren't those are those were a little high higher. rise high rise joggers those were the short the short version of the joggers um i don't know if i could quite pull those off as as uh that well and i feel like we didn't mention it and i was almost gonna mention it now which is obviously far too late did you do you remember we talked about sam Ryder? He's a member at lockneath what yeah do you know that remember we talked about it like last summer because him and doc redmond came up and played 
I didn't know that. Yeah. The more you we know. didn't talk about that. Uh, you didn't say anything about that on this show. <laughs> we we talked about it at some point last year. It might have been. Sam Ryder is a member at Lock and He. He has. T- does he have ties to Michigan? Otherwise, I don't know. I have well, why is he a member there? Can we dig into this? Um, I can. I can try to. I mean, I mean I, there has to be some kind of some kind of ties. If I just Google Sam Ryder Lock and Heath, is anything going to come up? I don't know. I remember, we talked about it last year because Doc Redman was up here, and I think he was with Sam Ryder, and they played Elk Rapids Elk Rapids Golf Club, whatever it is. Ryder is a student of Lock and Heath's instructor, Adam Shriver. Number one golf instructor in the state of Michigan, according to Golf Digest. Wow. So there's a connection. Real quick, we probably, I'm sure we've talked about this. You, have, you, have you played Lock and Heath? Yeah. Yeah. A few times. Quick, quick thoughts on, on Lock and Heath? Um, I, I actually, uh, I, I, it's hard. It's a very hard golf course, but I think it's a very fair golf course in a lot of senses. I like, I love golf courses that have, there are quite a few holes where there, where it's turtle backed and it slopes off the green, but there are a couple holes where it's like big bowls. Mm-hmm. And I just love watching the ball, like being able to imagine that shot and then actually have the contour to, for it to play out is really cool. And then the practice area is like next. The best. The best I've ever seen. Like the best I've seen in, maybe the best I've ever seen. I'll say it. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I could spend yeah. a lot of time there. It's nice that our office is right down the street. Mm-hmm. They used to do this hour. You just pay to hit balls by the hour. Oh, really? Yeah, so you go over there and just give them 20 bucks to hit balls for an hour. That must have been during their, their down period. It was. Yeah. It was so money because the range was still kept really well. It, it is a, it's, a great, it's a great range. And, and a really interesting golf course. Of course, I would say that's very different from any other course in Northern Michigan, even though it's like a similar, you know, there are other courses kind of like that that are kind of by the lake and just the, like you said, the severity of some of the green complexes, the changes in undulation, like pretty significant uphill and downhill holes, a few blind shots, some really long par threes. Yeah. That hole by the road, that's the par three that you're looking at when you drive by. So that uh so that that's that would be three. Mm-hmm. I believe it's six. Four is a great hole. Yeah, four is the one the like the slight dog like left with the water mm-hmm. water. Is there water no, there's not water on the left side. Um but my favorite hole I think, the is the uh that drivable par four, six. Six, I believe. Yeah. That hole just looks yeah. so cool. It doesn't. It almost doesn't fit in a way. It feels. You feel like you're in California. A little, yeah, exactly. For a second there, yeah. No, it's there's some amazing views up. It's a great piece of property. Playing through like orchards, you've got views from up on of the lake up up on huge bluffs, and like the the entrance and oh, there's a lot to like about Lock and Heath. I had no idea there was a Sam Ryder connection there. Yeah, and my buddy's a member there, and he I told him like the last time we played there, I was like if if I it's a very it's a treat to play here every day because you use every club in your bag. I mean, you you work through your bag at that place. It is it's not exactly like driver driver wedge, driver short iron. Yeah. All right. Should we get into the Rory Reed thing? Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot so, to say about Reed. So if you missed 
if you're if you've been living under a rock and you missed the whole tea gate thing where reed was said to have thrown a tea at rory because rory denied <laughs> returning his greeting or whatever like the funniest silliest thing ever this all happening on, on the driving range in dubai as they got ready for the dubai desert classic well as it turns out they were the ended up being the number one and two finishers on the week and in fact rory despite being up by three i think after the third day was behind by one when he teed off on 17 and went birdie birdie including making like a 15 footer on 18 to beat reed by one even saying in his comments after the round this is probably sweeter than it should be or needs to be or something <laughs> to that effect um you know everyone's saying that's pretty clearly an allusion to the fact that he was able to beat patrick reed so it's the duel in the desert that none of us knew that we needed i guess but that ended up being hilarious and and fun to watch and uh yeah it's like i texted you we're living in a simulation like you could have said last week can you imagine if they're paired together and grand they were paired together but if they're somehow the two of these guys end up as you know towards the top of the leaderboard and sure enough rory beats reed by one to stick it to him once again yeah so i gotta look i'm gonna look up the pairings because i did they play together on on sunday or Monday, rather, because I'm so that's another thing. I'm pretty sure it was a Monday finish. Does that sound right? Because they had they like a bunch. Not, they had a bunch of I don't weather believe, I'm and almost, stuff. They were not paired together because Reed had already finished. Okay, so that's what kind of that's. So I'm trying to. This must have been Saturday. And we'll say Reed, Saturday morning. Remember? Reed went really low on on the on the last day. Okay, final round. So it must have been after they finished. So after they finished the first round, which was like a uh, a rain delayed mess. They were actually, and just because of timing, it must have been Saturday morning, and everyone jumped and jumped with joy just and saw when they saw Patrick Reed and Roy McIlroy one and two. But just with like the timing and the fact they were still in the first round when really it should have been the the end of the second round, I was I got tricked into thinking that they were playing together on their third round, and I was mm. I was so excited for a little bit. I, I think we. This this Patrick Reed ball lost ball incident in the palm tree is I mean he's a cheater. Like he's a full-fledged cheater. It's absolutely wild that he can get a and I just saw today that he didn't even identify his ball. All he did was uh, apparently a tour official identified or like a a spotter somebody identified their ball or his ball rather and a all, bystander. And all he did was just say what was on the ball and and somehow that's good enough i guess he said no 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 it's it... <laughs> reed said he saw his ball he said he made sure he detailed the arrow that he puts on his pro v he went all in on defending that he saw his ball and then only to have Brandel later that night on the golf channel do like a freeze frame like by the millisecond as the ball enters a different tree 
and clearly does not come out. I don't know. The rule, I'm actually kind of surprised to hear you speak so strongly on this matter. The rule, I think, is if the bystander says they saw it, that's all you need, I think. Yeah, I saw it. It went in the tree and it stopped. Did you say that to the playing partners or the whatever? And that's that's right. Uh, you don't have to. Someone has to identify. I, I I'm pretty. So you're so you're now saying I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I'm saying that that alone would have been acting within the rules. I think if somebody is like, yeah, we saw it. It's in that tree. Sorry, it went in that tree right there. It never came down. So that that would like, have okay. had to been a rule that was recently changed because I always thought like you you had to identify like if you wanted if you wanted your to take your unplayable you better identify your golf ball like you need to identify it so now I don't think I'm not sure that just saying the ball is in the tree well like who's saying that what what who <laughs> what authority does that person have and I I guess. I don't think it makes it, it doesn't make a huge difference as far as if it's, it would be, it looks like from this video I'm watching, it would be like a 15 foot difference as far as, as what tree he is behind, but it's just like the principle behind it or what tree. So I know, I know, but he has the, here's the statement that I was referencing. As the DP World Tour confirmed, I was not asked to identify the tree my ball struck. That was done by the Shotlink volunteers and several marshals. I was asked to describe the distinctive markings on the ball I was playing, as you were saying. However, he also said he was 100% sure his ball landed in the tree and got stuck. There's no doubt it got, it got, it was, there's no doubt that the ball went in the tree and it got stuck in the tree, but it's just the fact that he, it's the wrong tree. So it's not his ball. It's, I think he means that, right, right. He never sees his ball. I guess there's some question over to whether, as to whether or not he claimed to have ever seen his ball, but I don't know, man. He's at the center of this. All it did, Homer take a jab at him while he was on the, and we, we forgot to talk about that in relation to, in relation to Tori. Immelman is not doing well, but the the network is doing much better with the broadcast. Did Homer make a Patrick Reed joke while he was doing the on course interview on Saturday? Did you catch that? Uh, I catched. I caught the interview. I did not catch the possible shot. Oh, oh, I thought maybe he. Uh, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, actually, I um. Now we're getting really off. If course. you haven't seen the Brandel video, that's the that's probably the highlight of all this because he is just. Like he's in a, he's in a lab putting that together. Absolutely, it is so dramatic. Uh, not not funny. to get too off course, but there are two things about the broadcast. That Sam Ryder mom interview was. <laughs> I'm I'm all for getting like the parents involved, but that's a like a very very close to a lose lose situation for for the rider for the rider camp. Like, what are the chances that he is going to like? How long did it take for him to make that double after that interview? Was it within? Well, minute? Was uh, it what, within... What's the What's to say that that had anything to do with the double? <laughs> I don't think it did. I don't think like he saw CBS interviewing his mom. It was like oh, extra pressure. But it's just like the like that's just like fate in my eyes. Like that's just like how things things just line up like that. I think I think it was. 
I didn't, I'm not like, there were a lot of people that were very much against it. I just thought it was more funny and the timing of it all was, was tough. And then one more thing on the, the broadcast, the, I'm not sure there's many other guys, like it worked really well for Max Homa to do that on course interview, but I'm not sure that's just, it's almost like we started up, we started way too high and now I'm just not sure if it's ever going to, if anybody's ever going to touch that. So it's just going to They seem, needed, seem... yeah, they need, but they needed it. The, they needed like a tour ambassador and somebody who was going to be, I, I understand what you're saying about where do we go from here, but they needed him to be, to break it in because they knew it would be successful and that he could show other players that it's not that big of a deal to talk to somebody while you walk up the fairway or whatever. And the tough thing... It's it's not like they're talking to you while you're swinging. No. You know, I mean, we should all be able to do that. We talk to whatever, you know. It did. That's not that big of a deal. I'm glad... And I think it would be interesting with anyone, almost anyone on tour, just knowing these guys better. I mean, look at this. Look at the... I just watched Point Break the other night and... We got the new Netflix. Like we want to know more about these players and get to know them better. That's just how fans are about athletes, mm-hmm. and no matter the sport. So they they need to put as many of these guys on as they as they can, or put you know mic them up in the sense that you mic them up and then you produce the audio later. Yeah, whether you're able to select what he says and and doesn't say it's a mix of that and an actual interview for the broadcast which granted is harder to pull off but yeah in either case it's a positive it's a step in the right direction for the network as was the interview with sam Ryder's mom even though you're besmirching it (laughs) callously i i think we have to be careful what we wish for i mean I'd, i'd still rather there's maybe 10 guys that'd rather hear about how they're going to play this shot than just watching golf shots. So are we just going to start doing like six minute, seven well, they minute, need to, they, yeah, seven they minute need, interviews need to get that... that just cut cut off right in the middle of golf? Because I don't know if I'm okay with that. Well, I thought it was interesting. Why didn't they put Sam's mom in like a picture in picture type thing? Or a like, a very, like a very small one. It could have been like the, like the tiny one you get for your phone. That's just, that's like maybe like 50, when you FaceTime. Of the, yeah, exactly. That would be yeah. perfect. Yeah, that would have looked good. I I, I agree. I, I they've got to do more. They've got to have a more dynamic broadcast. But at least they're exploring like better content options. Yes. Like they fill with stuff that's a lot worse than an interview with a player's mom or an actual player on the course. I'll be damned if I can't find the article I read last night about Patrick Reed. But I swear I. S- the rule involves what he was saying about there being bystanders. Maybe they have to be marshals, maybe not. And that's probably why we didn't know about this rule because you had to always find your own ball or your group had to agree that it went somewhere. If you don't see a splash, do we all agree it went in the pond? Yeah. See, that I, kind of thing. yeah I've always thought that rule was different for like hazards because obviously you're not going to like go tread into the water, but for a lost ball or a not maybe not a lost ball. And I'm playable is where I'm like really getting caught up. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to identify it. I mean, you're even told to pick up the ball, identify it, and put it back how it was. Mm-hmm. So um I will say last thing about Patrick Reed, I think you just mentioned it with the rules. He 
for as much as like I think he is a cheater, I think he also knows like he reads that rule book. He knows that rule book like the back of his hand. I think he and he like knows <laughs> where you can bend, where you, where you can't bend. Probably true. I think it's interesting that he's in better form. Yeah. That's a decent, that's not a great field. It's a decent field. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. There were an action. I mean, he's played well there before, but like, you know, we're a few months away from, just a, a couple months away from Augusta. Wouldn't that be something? Rory and Reed. Like if Reed's in decent form, Rory's definitely going to be playing well. Could have a real mix like Cam Smith. DJ normally plays well at Augusta. You were saying not too long ago on this show that you felt DJ was in good form. Yeah, what, I think it's going to be a really, really, really interesting Masters first major of the year this year. So who is number one player in the world now? They're still Rory. Rory. They're Rory, Rory won again. Oh, I, I was thinking, I mean, as of before uh, Thursday, it was it was Rob in my eyes for in that moment. Oh, you mean in, uh, in the official world golf rankings? Yes. Of Peter? Yes. I know it is Rory now. It's still Rory now. I don't know. It was more it's tough. a tie, dude. Like, did you see the uh, somebody put up? A, I don't know if it was a tweet or whatever, comparing their last four starts. Yeah, they each have was, but yeah, I saw two it. wins and like two other top fives or something. Their scoring average is within like a decimal point of each other, and it's you can't. They're very. It's very difficult to distinguish one from another over this past month or so. But that, or it's not. Over the past month or so, it's over their each of their past four tournaments, which have been different tournaments. They haven't been playing in the same events. That's part of the reason why they're hard to measure up against each other. I mean, Rory didn't even go to Century. No. So, which I'll never understand. I want to go. I want to go there. I want to go to Kapalua so badly. It looks amazing. It does look nice. It does look nice. Uh, Corn Ferry Tour. I promised a Corn Ferry Tour update. My yes. apologies. The bah- the Bahama Tours is uh has concluded. The Ben Silverman, right? Was it Ben Silverman? It was, wasn't it? Yes, I believe that's who it was. Yep. Yes. This dude Monday qualified and then won the tournament. In crazy fashion as well. With the, uh, this ended what a week ago or last Wednesday, because they were doing the Sunday through Wednesday. He doubled the last hole, really struggled down the stretch, doubled the last hole. He was ahead by a pretty sizable margin for most of the day. Then he kind of stumbled coming in. Then he doubles 18. He finds himself in a playoff. And the other guy he's playing with, He's off in the playoffs and promptly hits one. That's a re-tee. So Silverman makes par and ends up winning anyway. So a double in regulation sends him to a playoff. And then the guys in the playoff with makes double in the playoff. And he ends up winning. But pretty amazing to Monday qualify and then win. And now he's in the field. At the Pebble Beach Pro Am, can you imagine that being two weeks of your uh, of your life there? Yeah, Connor? I mean, this I think, and, and from what I'm from what I've I've seen, it's, it seems like it's very well deserved. It's been a like a long, pretty long road for for uh, Ben. So the Kapalua to or from Bahamas to 
Pebble Beach is not a bad way to spend two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why can't I find the rest of the leaderboard? There it is. It was Cody Blick who was in the playoff. Shad Tootin third. Fabian Gomez also in the field at the at Pebble Beach. Akshay Batia plays really well early in the year. Uh, Joey Garber tied for seventh. Anybody else notable on here? Oh, uh, Willie Mack. I almost forgot, Hunter. Played in this one and struggled. I will tell you in just a second. So rounds of 75-76. Sorry, missed the cut. Just getting his feet wet, though. So we'll uh, keep an eye on him as we move forward. They are now off to Panama and then to Bogota. Um, as they continue the the sort of... What would you call that? I don't know. They go to a lot of like kind of fun, warm weather destinations this this time of year that are kind of exotic, I guess. You say the, yeah, the the central central South American swing. I've I've been in that airport in Panama City. That's an interesting experience. Yeah, it's busy. That doesn't sound very. That does not sound very enjoyable for me. To <laughs> that's right up your alley, dude. With all the air travel that you love to do. You want to go down to Bogota and cover the, that Corn Ferry event? Love Bogota. Fun fact about Bogota: depending on, I've heard either actually the very... day you were the day you were born is it even even or odd or the digit that your license plate ends in or something determines which days of the week you can actually uh, drive. Because because it's too busy, so overpopulated. You you just said like fun city. I've heard like really nothing but bad things about Bogota. I heard it's very dangerous, isn't it? Mm, there's some areas you don't want to go. Yeah, I was leaving a fruit market in an in an Uber, and some random passerby grabbed at the door handle of the back seat. He didn't seem like he was too friendly. But apart from that, we didn't have any other run-ins. Was the door locked? Yeah. Nice. Thankfully. Yeah, that's nice. Um, what next? Um, because of Should our we... little, our little delay, I have no idea what, like where our timing is. But... <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, it's now afternoon. It's like six hours since we started. We've been grinding over this podcast. No, I'm kidding. I lost internet. <laughs> Happens every time. Let's talk about the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Amp. Can we? Yes. Because I don't think I'm going to have a whole lot to say about this. No, this field. This is a tough field, Hunter. I mean, we're seeing it, man. This is the the whole elevated events thing. This is like this is crazy that people. It's Pebble Beach. I know it is a pro am, but I kind of. Well, I feel like we got lucky last week because all the like seemed like all the chalk and all the great players. Like the leaderboard was amazing, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just the golf course. But that was a weak field and a great finish. Like a great a great leaderboard on Sunday, meaning like there was great excitement going into the round on Sunday. Maybe not a finish like down to the end. Anytime Keegan's in contention, it's <clears throat> excitement is not really the word I would use. Oh, I didn't. But, know, I didn't know you were a Keegan hater. That's news to me. I love Keegan. Oh, it doesn't sound like you do. No, he's like my he's like my favorite player on tour. He's the everyman. I don't get what you just said then. And you just say that it, I, I essentially what I thought you just said is that like he made it, he makes it boring. 
No, no, no. He 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 makes it he makes it sad. <laughs> hey, th- this feels like you're you're thinking of TPC like... Potomac was so sad, dude. Do you remember that in the rain when he just like he just couldn't do it? Yeah, I mean he. Definitely... Max was just there to pick up the pieces, and then Keegan again. He was he was right there, and then he pulled it into the left bunker. Yeah, that seems like a very you can't hit it there. Straightforward, not a straightforward shot, but one that he would like to put at nine times out of ten. I actually had a halfway decent bunker shot from there, but you have to hit a perfect shot to get that up and down. That iced coffee you're drinking looks so good. Yeah, I needed it. I usually don't. I usually only have one cup of coffee in the morning, but I was. I was. You and your limits. You and your moderation. Well, um, what's what's notable about this this tournament? Hunter, other than the um, Maverick McNeely is fourth on the odds board, I think is pretty notable. So, who, who is so who is playing in this golf tournament? Matthew Fitzpatrick is 11 to 1. I was trying to put together a DraftKings lineup uh, yesterday, two days ago. Let's just do that. You want to just do that for the last little bit of the show today? Yeah, you want to team up on a DraftKings lineup? Um, I... Matthew Fitzpatrick leads the way 11 to 1. Hovland and Spieth 12 to 1. As Hunter mentioned, McNeely is down to 18 to 1. If you think it's funny that he's fourth on the board, you'll think it's hilarious that I bet him at 22 to 1. Seamus Power. Hunter loves Seamus Power. He's 19 to 1. Hoagie, defending champ, 22 to 1. Andrew Putnam is 25 to 1. In what world? Great history here, though. Kucher, Keith Mitchell, Justin Rose, Denny. Is this the week for Denny finally? Scott Stallings has been bet down. Joel Damon, first uh, event of the year, 40 to 1. Alex Smalley playing some good golf, 40 to 1. Other notables in here. Uh, Taylor Moore played pretty well last week, 55 to 1. Nick Taylor, a former winner here, 60 to 1. Nick Hardy, the Illinois kid. Played fine at Tory last week, sixty to one. I don't think this is a great fit for him. Um, Pebble, what you're looking at is the smallest greens on tour. Seaside conditions, short, don't necessarily need a driver. Must have patience. You're playing a pro am for fifty four holes. Many of these guys are playing their second pro am in a month because we just played one at the Amex. Yeah, La Quinta. I mean, it's tough sledding out there. So you need somebody who's patient, steady. Spieth has a good record here. It's kind of all over the board in terms of what kind of players win here. If you remember, Gary Woodland won a U.S. Open here. I mentioned Hoagie won uh, last year. I was just looking this up. 2021 was another name that was a little bit... Oh, that's and I was gonna like once I saw that it's it's Daniel Berger won in twenty twenty one. Where is Daniel Berger? Is he hurt still? He's he's he has fallen off the face of the. He's earth. the he's he's golf's Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, he's just on his boat, dude. He just plays part time. He's trying to keep up with Cantlay's schedule. Yeah, where's Cantlay? <clears throat> he has a great record here. He does. It's because these guys because because we're going from here. The waste management for elevated event to Riviera. And these guys have consolidated, as you said, their schedules around. I don't know if that's true for Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger. But that is the, uh, that's certainly the case for some of these other players. 
So McNeely, the reason everybody loves McNeely is he got second here in 2021. Then everyone bet him last year, and he tied for 33rd. <laughs> Nick Taylor won in 2020. Shreelman was second. Mickelson was third. Day was fourth. Jason Day is not playing this week, <clears throat> despite having a good week last week. Phil Mickelson won in 2019. Scott Stallings was third that year. Siwoo Kim was fourth that year. Streelman was in the top 10 again. Uh, Scott Piercy, maybe that's a guy you want to put in your DraftKings lineup. He played pretty well last week. He was 12th that year. Uh, Spieth won back in 2017 over Kelly Craft, Dustin Johnson, Brent Stedeker, who has a good record here. Um, and Ted Potter Jr., they, won 250 to one in 2018 you can anybody's in play here because it's short there's no real like it's short and it's small greens you scramble putt whatever you just got to get the ball in the hole here um a lot of different ways to get it done what's it what what are we looking at for like a winning score you got to be like Uh, in the teens yeah he was 19 last year but he was he won by two yeah, so uh, mid Burger to high teens, depending on weather. It's not the easiest track in the world. Again, the small greens, Poana greens. Some guys hate Poana. Um, real quick, last fifty rounds, leaders in strokes gained total in this field: Fitzpatrick, Putnam, Datry, Ben Griffin, who is on record saying he does not like Poana, Hoagie, McNeely. Hovland, Taylor Moore, Grayson Sig, Jordan Speed. Other notables, Kucher 11, Keith Mitchell 13, Smalley, Hardy, Power, Mark Hubbard. It's not hitting his driver worth a damn, though. So I don't know about that. Justin Lauer, 135th in scrambling. Brennan Todd, Denny McCarthy. Is this the time to get on Denny McCarthy? I'm on him for DraftKings, so we'll see. What's his price? Ninety-two hundred bucks. So we were bet people were betting Denny early in the year. I could see myself betting Denny here. Short irons putting, kind of just strokes gain, magic beans, get it in the hole. Feels like a Denny track more than some of these other tracks that he was getting bet, like the uh, the desert tracks. And he says he has a T twelfth last year. I mentioned I did bet Maverick McNeely at twenty two to one. I bet Nate Lashley one hundred ten to one. He's been bet down to seventy five to one. Um, but I think long shot. You know, like if you like somebody way down the board, this is a week when you can get one. Uh, the top of the board is really soft. Uh, Streelman. We mentioned has a good record. He's 110. Eric Van Ruyen showed some signs of life. He's a PJ Tour winner. He's coming off of injury. He's 90 to 1, and he shot 10 under in the final round at the Amex. I think he's in like in the mid 7,000s seven, 7, in DraftKings. Kisner, a PJ Tour winner, hates Poiana, but he's 90 to 1. Uh, Webb Simpson. 100 to 1, another guy coming off injury who hasn't quite found it, but this is a better course for him. Streelman, I mentioned 110 with the history. Uh, ben Taylor's been playing all right. 110 to 1. I mentioned Piercy also, 130 to 1. Remember, he was actually in contention at the 3M 
and then gave it away. That wasn't too, too long ago. That was late last summer. These guys don't play a lot in the fall. He played fairly well last week at Torrey, which is a course that doesn't fit him nearly as well as, as Pebble Beach should. Sam Stevens was up there last week. Do you have any like long this is long shot season for you at my guy Adam Shanks one fifty to one? I've kind of gotten out of the habit of betting Adam Shank. I think I've cured my disease. No, there was really there was nobody that really Harry Higgs two hundred to one. This is a better Harry Higgs course than Tory made the cut. Yes, maybe that might be a top forty. Yeah, Satoshi Kadira has been playing some halfway decent golf. Steve DraftKings play this week. Wow, Doc Redman's all the way down to 301. That's the same number as Ben Silverman. That's not great. He needs to come practice lo- at Lock and Heath more often, man. If you played Lock and Heath every day, your game would be sharp. Of course, brutally hard. I don't know how you could ever. It, it would take me. It would take me playing three times a day for a month to break bar there, and I might just break. All right, so McNeely, we're all in on McNeely. Who's? Did you fill out your DraftKings lineup? Who else you got over there? Yeah, it's already, it's already filled out. Uh, Joel Damon. Uh, has a T6 here last year. I mean, like when I think of Pro-Am. First event of the year. Yeah. When I think of like Pro-Am guys, I think of Joel Damon. I think he'll be like totally fine with that in that setting. Uh, Charlie Hoffman also has Woo-hoo. a top seven here last two years ago. Uh, Bo Hosler, obviously, because he's from, that's, oh, why not? Why not? Wow. Just this waste. is quite a drafting lineup already. And then Woo. Denny McCarthy, Jordan Spieth, and uh, I felt obligated just because I couldn't find anybody else to fit in that dollar amount was Henrik Norland, Norlander. <laughs> <laughs> Who, that's almost too perfect, dude. I love that so much. Thank you for that. Yeah. That is, that is phenomenal. It was, Thank you it so was, much. It was weird where I had Doug Gim in there. In, oh, I kind of I like that play a little bit. In place of Charlie Hoffman, who was $100 cheaper, but I couldn't find anybody in that price point. So I just, I saw Charlie's name and I'm sure Charlie is going to screw me real bad, but one of those guys will definitely screw you. It's probably going to be Bo Hosler. Bo Hosler hit was like second here last year, right? Or third, maybe. He always seems to play well on the coast. This makes no sense. He should never play well here. He can't hit it straight. Well, again, Stroked gains, strokes gained magic is either you're awesome with your short irons or you're just pulling rabbits out of your hat. That's Pebble Beach, in my opinion. Um, some value if you like Denny, he's plus 175 to the top 20. Wow, everyone's gotten off Denny. Are we a th- demon? Demon is one nine plus 190. Man alive, these are some ugly, ugly numbers. Holy cow! Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really. I'll watch it obviously because we're. It's just it's crazy that the golf can't capitalize on this week with just I know. With just nothing else on TV. It's There's not like nothing to, else going on. Not to say that Pell Beach will still be fun to look at, but where David Lipsky's seventy one seventy to one. That's kind of an interesting. He's good with his irons. He's in relatively good form. I'm grasping at straws. I would say that 35 to 1 feels like a really fair number on Denny McCarthy this week. I I for can you please tell me who to play in one and done? I'm so bad at one and done. I played Will Zalatoris last week. I was agonizing over who to play. 
do I just play Matthew Fitzpatrick? I mean, Matthew Fitzpatrick, if you just trust its probability, would have a far greater chance of winning this golf tournament than anybody else in this field based on how he profiles and his form and just his golf ranking. And he's just he's the best player in the field. I think that's Hovland is there, but like, has Hovland even played here before? I have no idea. And I never, I don't think I'll ever be on the right side of a Hovland pick in my entire existence on this planet. Cause I love him to death, but I just can't ever, I can't figure him out. Like, what, I can't figure out what makes him tick. And this feels like such a Fitzpatrick court. He plays well on these short, tight courses. Mm-hmm. He's plays well on every course too. He just played well at, at century. He played well which is the opposite of the kind of course I would think that Fitzpatrick would play well. But as it, and he seems like the kind of player you won a major last year. He's really going to win another major this year. I should burn him at a place where he's likely to win, right? Yeah. And I could see his profile is changing like rapidly. Like, like the ball speed that he's picked up now in the last like two years is incredible. Yeah, he's bombing it. He's, he's just, <laughs> where do you just find 30 yards? Is that something like we can work on? He's apparently has a open lines of communication of with Bryson. How's Bryson DeChambeau doing? You know, talk about a guy that we just haven't heard a word from. Well, if you knew how to he operate, just, if you knew how to operate YouTube, but that's that's tough. You don't know how to use YouTube apparently. I the only <laughs> thing I know how to watch on YouTube right now is Coco Melon. Is that the is that the new hit show? <laughs> it's the worst cartoon ever. But you yeah, guys gotta start. Thing. You guys got you. You have Disney, don't you? Oh yeah, uh, Bluey. It's a very like I love Bluey. It's a very funny show. Bluey's like, I don't want to watch Bluey. I hate Bluey, this, that, and the other. No, Bluey we is... don't say hate in this house. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is that is uh I felt that. Yes. Uh no, I think Bluey's hilarious because his dad's really funny. Like the whole family is funny, but like, it's actually Yeah, I, I, lo- watch I love uh, yeah, it's good enough that you, the parent can actually stand to be in the same room. Yeah. Unlike Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. You ever yeah. seen one of those? No. Uh, oh, you're so lucky. Cars, never, cars never to Paw watched. Patrol to, um, to now Bluey and then like some other Netflix show that's about a girl that's the quarterback of a football team. I bet on Denny. Good and bet. I like Eric Van Ruyen. I think I can get to Eric Van Ruyen. 90 to 1. Like he's if he's healthy and in form, he's probably in the thirty-five-ish range here. I'll take a I'll take a shot. Do, I'll does, take a shot in the dark. My closing my closing um statement on this pod today is does uh can you see where the money is for each player like you can for for NFL? Like you know, like the percentage of dollars that are on each team. That's not a stat that's available, is it? What team? So, like, you know, like when you when when you're betting on, we'll say the NF, NF or the Super Bowl, it'll it'll FanDuel show you oh. where the percentage of the money is for each team. Does golf do that? I don't think they do. I've never seen it. I don't know. I would if they did. I wouldn't know how to find that. So I, I, I can I, mean, I can tell you DraftKings ownership. Do you want to know what the projected DraftKings ownership is right now? Why I just asked, do you want to know? Yeah, yeah, what is it? Okay, well, I hang on a second. I gotta click over to it. <sighs> oh, it's not projected yet. Sorry, they haven't done that yet. Do you think so? My question is Oh, wait, yes, they have. Hoagie, then Speed, then Griffin. 
McNeely, Fitzpatrick, Neesmith. I think Neesmith might be a good player this week. Havlin, Lipsky, Lanto Griffin. Uh, Russell Knox, probably a good play. Andrew Putnam, Seamus Powers. Seamus Powers, the play in DraftKings at 13%. This is a perfect course for Seamus Power. What are we doing? 13%, I'm in. Alex Smalley, Brennan Todd, Nick Taylor, Thomas Detry, Joel Damon, Troy Merritt, Nate Lashley, Grayson Sig, Kevin Struman. The only one's over 10%. Probably going to be really spread out this week because the field's so random. Mm-hmm. All right. Enjoy Pebble Beach, everyone. Yes. See you guys.